Right. Our scripture this morning is found in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter 10, beginning with verse 19 and reading through verse 25. Hebrews 10, chapter 19, reading through verses 25. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Father God, as we hear this word from Hebrews, may it speak to our hearts, may it speak to our minds, and Lord, may it be seen through our words and through our actions. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know... There are certain words today that the minute they are spoken, they get a reaction. Mandated vaccinations. Politics. Immigrants. COVID. Racial issues. Church splits climate control and you know as well as I do that that list could go on and on and on couldn't it you know it doesn't take much today for us either to provoke or to be provoked I simply mentioned the word provoked as I was getting ready for this message and I spoke it out to Bill, and I noticed he left the room. <laughs> he heard that word, and he said, <laughs> I thought, yeah, you made the point. Absolutely, you made the point. <laughs> but y'all know me, and you know that I'm one of those word nerds, and I was intrigued in this little passage of scripture by that word provoke. I just thought, what an odd word to use in the scriptures. So I did what I always do. I went to the dictionary and I looked up that word provoke. The dictionary says provoke means to spark, to spur, to cause, to prick, to sting, 
to stir up, to arouse anger, a convulsion. All those are pretty normal negative words for the word provoke. But if you go to the Greek for the word provoke, which would have been what was used in the scripture, the Greek word for parok is para to know. And it can have both a negative and a positive connotation. So I thought that was very interesting. And today's scripture, we have an example of it being a positive term. Now, we know that today we have professional provokers, you know, those who like to bring to the forefront a post or a comment or say something outrageous just solely for the purpose of stirring things up. They seem to throw fuel on the fires and then they sit back to watch it burn. But I want to focus today on the positive connotation of provoke in our scriptures. Verse 24 says, or in that passage, it says, let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. As believers, we are to care for each other and to think about ways to stimulate others to love as Christ loved us and to produce good works, if you will, as Jesus did. Usually when we are provoked, we don't think about those words, love or good deeds. We feel angered or we feel that need to be proven right or to get back at. And some people even turn to escape when they are provoked. But Christian living is directly related to the appreciation and the encouragement of the faith of our fellow Christians. Think about that for a minute. Christian living is directly related to the appreciation and encouragement of others to do good works. As fallen creatures, it is real easy to provoke each other and to be angry and unkind 
But as believers in Jesus Christ, we are instructed to provoke one another to love. To provoke one another to love. And it is through this unchanging love that love is provoked. It is through unchanging love that love can be provoked. Just as love begets love, so too provoking others to good works by our own example will promote good works in others as well. And the only way that we can do good works is interacting in our daily lives in a Christian way. In a Christian way. Good works can only be carried out in our Christian life. And it's through the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. How blessed we are if we can reflect upon our lives and we can think about those individuals or those situations where we ourselves were provoked to good by someone else. If we can identify a face or a phrase or an event the author of Hebrews knows about the kind of provoking that we're used to. The kind that we have felt in our lives. He knows the power that we have over each other as human beings. He knows well, unfortunately, how each of us has fine-tuned the power to provoke negatively throughout our life. But he speaks to us this morning, asking us to consider how to use that power that is in us to provoke in a negative way to use it in a positive way, to encourage. So how do we live out the kind of life that the author of Hebrews is talking about? As forgiven and baptized people, how do we live faithfully in this time that we've been gifted with, this in-between time before Christ's return? What are we supposed to do? Consider, if you will, this morning, how you might provoke or call up the good in your neighbor, in your husband, or your wife. Of your community. What are the things that we can do 
that would stir up love in another human. Well, there are two things in our scripture passage this morning that I felt like they were worth paying attention to and might provide us with a little help in trying to figure out how to live the kind of life that is talked about here in Hebrews. Especially if we want to be known as a person or a people who sow peace and not division, who offer hope and not despair, who live in the light rather than the darkness. The first thing that I think that we should pay attention to in this passage, all of our words and all of our actions must become more and more shaped like the words and the actions of Jesus. And that's really simple. We have a book full of examples of the way that Jesus thought and taught and lived. For the writer of Hebrews, the Christian life is a daily decision to place all of our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, it's really easy to say that we put our faith in Jesus Christ. But what happens when the metal meets the road? When we have to live out what we say? It gets tough. When you have to speak words and think thoughts that are contrary to what you would naturally think or say. Because you might be facing a situation with an individual that you really just don't want to deal with. How do you live out that holy life? The second thing that the scripture points out is we are not to waver. We're not to waver. He writes, let us hold fast without wavering to the hope that we profess. Wavering means going back and forth. Back and forth. From one side to the other. Perhaps living in the moment here, but then more coming before and in line more with Christ in the next. We have to stand firm in our relationship with Jesus Christ if we're going to impact the world by our holy lives. Every morning, we have to wake up and to decide to follow Jesus for that day. Regardless of what that day has in store, we have to choose Christ. Every day we have to make that decision 
Will I be focused on the light of Jesus? Or will I be focused on the dark and the negative? If we call ourselves Christians, then we must live into our names. We must live into our names. The church. The church should be the one place in the world, the one place where the best in people is called out and encouraged and fostered this is why, as a church, we work so hard to create an atmosphere of love and of welcome, of caring, of forgiveness, of mercy, of real, authentic being. You know, there's a lot of people in the community who need, who need to know Jesus Christ. And they need to know how much God loves them. But they can't know how much God loves them until they know how much we as the church love them. Our worship time is when we come together as the people of God and we exercise all of those things that we've been taught as Christians. Not just to have that warm, fuzzy feeling while we're here, but to enable us to walk out these doors and love the community like we've been loved. And the closer we come to the return of Jesus Christ, the more important it is that we live out this Christian holy life. Amen. Today, people say that our world is more divided than ever. It is more negative, more critical, more judgmental. And if that's the truth, then it's all the more important for us, the church, to be the body of Christ in our communities, to be a place of sanctuary, and healing and encouragement. What a challenge for us today as the church. Let us pray. God, my prayer this morning is that our church continues to become an instrument of your peace. Lord, where we see hatred, let us show love. Lord, where there is injury, 
May we bring the good news of pardon where there is doubt, Lord. May our church call forth faith where there is despair. Help us, Lord, to create hope. Where there is darkness, Father, let this congregation share and shine your light. Where there is sadness, may the joy of Jesus be seen in each of us. We ask these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.